0: Hello and welcome to the sequel to a PhD podcast. I'm Shirley Marquette, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited that you're here. I'm really excited that I'm here and a little bit nervous because this whole podcast thing is a is a new experience for me, a new experiment, and I'm really thankful to you for coming along and joining me on this new experiment to see how it goes. So the concept for this podcast came out of my personal experience with navigating some career change decisions after I left my job as a PhD level bench scientist to pursue some sort of non-traditional career paths. But some of the challenges I faced were not specifically about navigating the logistics of career change, but in the question of Identity, professional identity, whatever I want to do with my life, how am I going to be perceived, lots of issues about am I going to disappoint people, what are the expectations, I'm not fulfilling my expectations, or the expectations others have of me. So it took me a while to find the strategies, I guess, or the courage to follow what I decided that I wanted to do for myself. And so I know there are a lot of people out there, particularly those of us who have spent many years training on a particular career path or many years working on getting a PhD and then moving up the ladder based on the work we've done in, in that role and then finding ourselves a little bit dissatisfied or, or more than a little bit dissatisfied and wanting something else with our lives but feeling like we have committed to this particular path and there's really no other options. So For this podcast, I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but one of the things I'd like to talk about is some of the approaches that I've taken and some of the things that I've learned that have been helpful to navigate some of the, especially the mindset issues with changing paths and finding out, figuring out how to follow what we want to do for who we are now versus who we are, whatever, however many years ago when we set out on this initial career path or started graduate school. So I thought that I would start the first episode talking about the concept of permission to be more of ourselves, which I think is really the basis for all kinds of decisions in terms of how to make changes in our careers or in our lives. And so why is this important to me? I think that we have been been so conditioned by our education, by our training, by our careers, or our lives just in general, to follow the path that's expected of us. And that I think that we, especially the high achievers among us, tend to lose sight of what's really important to us, to ourselves, as we move towards meeting the expectations of those around us. So then why is that a problem? Why is it a problem that we lose sight of ourselves? I think it's a problem because it can lead to dissatisfaction, it can lead to feeling trapped in our careers or in our lives, and can ultimately, in my experience too, result in degrees of disengagement from our work or from our lives. So we end up feeling like maybe we're sometimes living someone else's life or doing work that we care about and that we think is important, but just isn't lighting us up or isn't bringing us joy or the fulfillment. And it leaves us feeling like something is missing. And to me, that's just not okay because we only have this one life to live, right? And so I think it's important for all of us to recognize that we are worthy Everyone is worthy of experience and everything we want to get out of life. We don't have to stay stuck in these roles, wherever they are, whether that's in our career or in our lives, that leave us feeling like there's something missing. And so I think that in order to do that, we have to follow work that lights us up, that we need to listen to ourselves as unique individuals to follow whatever path it is that brings us the most fulfillment. And that's regardless of other people's expectations. And I think all of that starts with giving ourselves permission to be more of ourselves, which can kind of be a scary thing when you've found success so far by following all of the social conditioning that's around us in our environment as we're growing up. So, just to start off here with a big, maybe it's not a big confession, but it's a confession here. Um, This podcast that you're listening to right now is an example of me pushing myself to show up as more of myself and letting go of some of the expectations that I have been conditioned to expect for myself for many, many, many years. What I'm trying to do here is show up, say what I think, allow it to be messy and imperfect and doesn't need to be evidence-based and highly cited and can be an expression of my thoughts coming from who I am right now. And that's that's a struggle for me because that's <laughs> that's not what my history, my history as a scientist is to be objective, to make sure you can cite your sources, to just to follow line, make sure everything is structured and it's the way it quote unquote should be. So for the podcast, given that I'm allowing myself to be imperfect and messy here, the podcast may come across as rough and maybe not as polished as some other podcasts, but I'm allowing it or at least trying to allow it to be okay. I'm choosing to believe that we make the most difference in the world by showing up as ourselves, our unfiltered, authentic selves. So we'll see how this podcast experiment turns out. But I'm excited to see what happens as I try to let go of some of the perfectionist, people-pleaser, evidence-based only approach that has been my basically my MO for so many years and allowing myself to just be surely here as much as possible. And so I hope you'll forgive some of the, maybe some of the ums or the unprofessional, if there's unprofessional qualities, and just recognize that part of the goal here is to be imperfect and just express what's what's on my mind and things that I think might be helpful for people. So, I've talked a little bit so far about giving ourselves permission to be ourselves, but what does that really mean particularly in the context of our careers? I think that one thing it means is to give ourselves permission to want something different from our lives now versus what we thought we wanted or what we did want back however many years ago when we started on this path or started graduate school. And there are factors, there are a bunch of factors that condition us to feel like we have to stay on a particular path to sort of lose sight of what we want. Factors that condition us to feel like we can't listen to ourselves when there's a new message coming from or nudges coming from inside saying that, oh, something, this isn't what I really want anymore. And so I think a couple of the factors that I came up with are, for instance, particularly for scientists, since that's my background, that's where my perspective comes from. But for scientists, science is a very objective endeavor. We are trained to remove a lot of the subjectivity of it. And I think like that's really important for the... For the integrity of the science itself, but I do think that it influences our mindset a little bit in saying, oh, the way I, my my personal, my unique feeling about this doesn't really matter. Um, it, there's that underlying message. It's not overt, but I do think it's there that... Our training to be objective and to let go of the subjectivity does send a message to ourselves that, oh, what you want doesn't matter. You have to line up with just what's reasonable, what's logical, all of that. So that's one factor. I think operating in environments where we're writing a lot of grants, where we have to justify what we're asking for, that leads us to not maybe not necessarily trust when we're feeling... (laughs) When we're feeling that something isn't right or that we want something different, because maybe sometimes there are things that we want that we don't have logical explanations for. And that's okay. That's just part of being human. But we are very trained to justify everything. Another factor is the dependence we have on our mentors during our training or even throughout our careers and the feeling that we can't disappoint him or her. I know that was a big one for me that when I started considering leaving bench science to pursue something else, I was very aware of the concern about what my mentors would think. Would they think that I was a failed scientist? Would they be disappointed that I didn't achieve the, I don't know, high levels in research or whatever that they had expected me to reach? And overcoming that is is a struggle. And so that's one element of conditioning that makes us feel like if our plans or if our feelings about what we want changes, that that's maybe not as okay as it, I, in my feeling should be another factor that conditions us is even just the structure of a day as a scientist where it's dictated by experiments and the notion that if you want to be a successful committed scientist sometimes or many times you have to sacrifice what you want for the sake of an experiment if you maybe you want to go out for a two hour lunch but you have a time point at 12:30 you're you're going to be back for that time point and say oh no what i want is not okay here and again this is just a small example and obviously that's not what's ultimately causing us to say, oh, I can't make changes in my life for what I want, or I I can't pursue what I want. It's not about having a time point at lunchtime, but it is about a lot of really subtle messages that say what you want is not as important as the bigger picture. And then another factor is just the money factor. A lot of times, many of us are operating In an environment, at least in graduate school, especially, or in an academic setting, many of us are operating in an environment where money or funds are scarce. And there's this notion, I think, that gets spread out around us, among us, that the purpose of the work, the objective, is more important or somehow counts more than our personal compensation. For example, if we're working on finding new treatments for cancer, that objective of improving cancer therapy, which obviously is incredibly important and is a huge driver for many of us doing that kind of work, but we learn that that objective sometimes is more important than our personal compensation for doing that work. And again, I'm not saying that is the most important thing or that that's the only thing. But I am saying that we often operate in an environment where what we want is deprioritized over some of the other factors that are encouraged for broader success at the scientific endeavor. And so all of this together, None of these is isolated things, but I think all of this together, and I'm sure there's many other factors that I'm not talking about here, I think it leads to us maybe not knowing what we really want and maybe forgetting that it's okay to want what we want, even in situations where we're feeling nudges that we're not in the right place for who we are now, That even if that may have changed over time. But I think that that uncertainty about not knowing what we want is not necessarily a bad thing. I think that it's actually great in some ways because it represents potential. And so it represents that there's a lot out there that we don't have to know exactly what our path is going to look like in order to move towards situations that are going to be more fulfilling and potentially more impactful. So when we start giving ourselves permission to want things or to be more of ourselves, allow ourselves to be more of ourselves, it lets in opportunities. It lets in the excitement of feeling like something better is coming. And I think that has consequences on how we approach our work. I think when we're working on something that really brings us joy, that we feel really fulfilled in that is something that's based in our values and based on what's important to us and doesn't even feel like work, I think that's when we achieve our greatest impact with our work. And all of that comes from just being more of who we are, our unique outlook and our unique desires and our unique personalities. That's what's going to drive impact when we're following that. So I think the steps to more happiness in our lives come not just from saying, okay, what am I qualified for? What are the next steps I need to take when we're dissatisfied with our career? Like the next step is not, if let's say for an example, we're in a job where we're kind of feeling like, eh, it's okay, what I'm doing is important, but it doesn't, I don't really feel like doing this today. I don't really feel like this. If you wake up a lot of days in a row and have that ugh feeling, then that's a sign that probably, (laughs) probably you're not living your most fulfilled life right now. And I think the tendency is to just go to LinkedIn and start looking at at job postings and be like, oh, I'm qualified for that. Oh, I'm not qualified for that. Oh, what are possibilities? But I really think that it's important to back up from that and actually ask, what do I really want? It's not about the qualifications. It's about what do you want? What would make you feel that fulfillment, feel that flow, that joy from approaching the day? And sometimes that might mean going towards something that you might not feel 100% qualified for, and that's okay. And so the question then is asking, what do I really want? And then letting whatever the answer is be okay. And then by allowing ourselves permission to move towards that more happiness, we're going to create the opportunities where we can achieve even greater impact. In Gretchen Rubin's book, which I recently read, She talks about how there are studies that indicate that happy people are more creative. And so there's a link there between happiness, creativity, and then I connect that with innovation and impact. I think we are most innovative and most impactful when we are happy, when we're being creative, when we are not feeling that the tug downward of the weight of things that are leading to dissatisfaction, but are instead in that just flow of of feeling like play with our work. And that comes from following what we want and being happy with what we're doing. So I really value innovation and impact with our work or whatever we spend our lives doing. And I think we achieve that by following what makes us feel most fulfilled and happy and inspired. But like I said earlier, this can be hard or overwhelming given our conditioning. So, I think one way to approach the overwhelm piece, at least, is to break it down into really small pieces. We don't have to approach like feeling dissatisfied with our careers and say, oh my gosh, I hate this career. I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do? And have that big question just be hanging out there and feeling the futility of, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because that's not unusual, I think. I think a lot of us get this feeling of dissatisfaction and want something else, want to follow a different path and really like I said, have been so conditioned to not recognizing what we want that it just its a feels like an impossible question. So breaking it down into small pieces, I think for this piece, for the permission piece, really looks like just starting with questions on the small scale of, for instance, what do you right now, your current self, what do you want? Not even what do you want your next step to be, what your next career path to be the big picture stuff, I think it starts with the small moments of recognizing what you want, where your values are for who you are now, not who you thought you were going to be or who you think you should be. I think it's really about asking in yourself what's most important to you right now and giving yourself permission to want it. And so, like I said, this doesn't have to be big picture career stuff. This could be even on a small scale of, what do I want for lunch today? What do I want to do when I get home? Really small things, that uh, little steps to start recognizing what feels right to you, and then doing it and allowing yourself to want it. And so I know some people might object to the notion of starting with the question of what do I want, thinking that, well, Shirley, come on, I live in the real world. I have rent to pay, or I have mortgage to pay, I have kids' daycare to pay, I want a job where I sit on the beach all day and make a million dollars. And so maybe that's not achievable right now. But I think find that does give you information about what you value at this point in your life. Maybe now you value freedom of time or freedom of location, or a little bit more balance in terms of I hate that word balance, work life balance. But but more flexibility in terms of how you use your time. And so maybe that doesn't align with the current role you have in whatever position you're in. And so By identifying what you want, by giving yourself permission to look at what you want, that gives you information. It doesn't necessarily change anything, any of the specific elements of your life right away, but it does give you information about maybe how you might approach moving forward and how you might look at different kinds of roles or different kinds of positions. Wanting something Recognizing that you want something is n- not the same thing as jumping out of your current situation and right into the next situation. The wanting and permission element is just gives you the information and gives you the flexibility to imagine something different. And sometimes even just that imagining opens the doors to to creativity, to saying, "Oh, okay, maybe this would be an opportunity. I hadn't thought of this before. And really that's I think that's what it's about. I think that's the starting point for making change in our lives is to allow in some creativity allow in some flexibility and really just stepping outside of the conditioning and the expectations that are coming from other people and turning it around and saying, what do I want from myself or for myself? How how can I define what success will look like for me as opposed to what success looks like from the system that I've been operating in for all these years? So Like I said, the starting question, I think, for giving ourselves permission to imagine something different in our life is really just starting with that super small step of saying, what do I want? And then allowing that to be okay. And then if you want someone else to give you permission, I know it's hard to (laughs) grant ourselves this permission after we've been conditioned for so many years to be meeting expectations from other people or from the system. If you want someone else to give you the permission, I will be that person. I will celebrate you for being you and wanting what you want all day long. So that's what I have for you today. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me and let me know what you're struggling with for permission in terms of how to be more you and what you really want or if there's anything else that you'd like to hear about. I'm really excited to be starting this podcast. I'm hoping to build some form of community from this podcast as a starting point. I'd love to connect with anyone out there who's interested in similar topics or thinking about going through career transitions. So thank you so much for listening. I'm really excited to bring you the next couple of episodes and I'll connect with you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really love it if you could rate or review it wherever you get your podcasts or share the episode with a friend. Thanks again. Till next time.